it's August, that most hallowed month of the year when we celebrate the illustrious role-playing game. Are you bursting with energy to celebrate the hobby that fuels your imagination and haunts your dreams? Do you feel a burning need to share your passion for your hobby? Join Spencer, a.k.a. Free Thrall, throughout the most wondrous month of the year, RPG A Day Month. He was slinging puns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And make a part in about time too about not playing D&D. It was free to all and I heard him say he bought my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick cause you're incapable and Hello and welcome to Keep Off the Borderlands, a podcast about RPGs and stuff. My name's Spencer, aka Free Thrall, and opening the show there is a voice that I'm sure many of you have been missing the delightful Liren of Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. And she recorded me that little intro way back in 2019, I believe. Thank you very much for that, Liren. And if you're listening, I hope all's well, and it would be great to hear how you've been getting on. And you heard Liren right. It is RPG a day. A month worth of prompts to get folks talking positively about the tabletop role-playing hobby. These prompts have been put together by David F. Chapman of autocratic.com. That's autocratic with a K. And Anthony Runeslinger Boyd of the Casting Shadows podcast and blog. This year, I thought I would do a bit of forward planning for a change and record my answers in advance. However, it's extremely unlikely that I'll meet the challenge of putting out daily episodes, so I figured I would do a weekly roundup. So in this episode, you're going to hear my answer to the first prompt. But before that, I just want to respond to a few messages I've received. Hey, Spencer, it's that weird dude again. So lots of things. Uh, I wanted to say that I picked up Existence by David Breen. I haven't started reading it yet, but it sounds really interesting. So thank you for that, Michael. Um, also, I, I am very, very family friendly, dude. <laughs> no, but seriously, I was I was talking about your daughter at the time, and I didn't want to swear in the same sentence that I was talking about your amazing little kid. So, yeah, <laughs> that that's why there's that. Um, but okay. So I, I, I do want to make one thing. I do want to say one thing. I, I, I don't prefer running modules for Pathfinder. 
the the only reason I'm currently running Wrath of the Righteous and Pathfinder right now is because it's sort of one of those white whale adventure paths that my buddy Woody and I have wanted to play for about as long as we've been playing together. We've tried to play through it with other dungeon masters. It hasn't worked out, so that's why I'm running it. In the vast majority of my Pathfinder game running life, I run homebrew stuff because it's I just I like it better. <laughs> to me, it's way less work, but that's just me. And like I said at the start of the show, I'm a weird dude. I find homebrew to be far less taxing mentally than uh, pre-written adventure path stuff. But yeah, as far as what Jason was saying, um, how in an open world or how in a module, the dungeon master might make less decisions than in an open world. I I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. And I'm not trying to make a value judgment to say one is more better than the other or anything like that. It's just one of those things that when I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, players make a boatload of decisions during a game um, all the time. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that once the dice hit the table, once the game starts, I don't know that the Dungeon Master does that much more work than the players do. I, I, I don't know. You know, if you're running, so to be clear, if you're running a bunch of monsters at once, like I've been doing recently in Wrath of the Righteous, because that's just where we're at now, that's a lot more work, right? I'm controlling seven or eight different monsters while a player only has to play one character. So there's that, you know, but as far as like the mental stuff part of it, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's all. Life is a mystery. Madonna got it right, man. Peace out. Hey, Joe. Joe Richter there of Hindsightless. And yes, Madonna did get it right. I'm not sure you did, though, <laughs> with that rendition there. <laughs> no, look, I know you got a wonderful voice, Joey. But um, I'm sure many of us would benefit from a little vocal training <laughs> no I'm just kidding Joe's been talking about let's say the merits of out in the field experience versus training when it comes to character advancement and um, yeah that's that's a really interesting discussion going on over there that you should check out if you're not listening but um, yeah cool that you've picked up that David Breen's existence I've still yet to do that myself, but um, I do I do intend to. And also very gracious of you to refrain from swearing in the same sentence you're talking about my daughter, <laughs> which at least means I can play her the message. And yes, I guess I did misspeak when I said you prefer running modules in Pathfinder. Um, yeah. I kind of already knew you were very much a homebrew man and I totally understand that running your own homebrew is less taxing than, say, having to read and memorise somebody else's adventure. And also, yeah, I get that this whole thing is not a discussion of value judgments at all. And uh, as as somebody with little GMing experience, I'm just I was just trying to get my head around you know, the concept that maybe 
things are a little easier on the GM when it comes to making decisions. But um, yeah, yeah, I also get the point that tactically speaking, running a bunch of monsters in combat can be a bit of a challenge. Although I wasn't really thinking about that because most of the games I play don't really involve a lot of tactical combat, to be honest. But um, yeah, really, really appreciate the message, Joe. And uh, always great to hear from you. And uh, well, take care. Hey there, Spencer. It's John here from the Red Dice Stories. Just finished listening to your latest episode on Substack. Very much enjoyed it. Got to say that can second edition sounds pretty sweet. And I'm grateful for you going into the more implied background details that are going to be included. I fairly recently just picked up like the first edition of Can, and it has like three lines at the start of it that mention an implied sort of forest slash fantasy woodland setting, and then it's just not mentioned anywhere else. So I was sort of flicking through my copy going, have I missed something? What's going on with this? But I'm glad to hear that I haven't. I'm not going mental, well, any more than usual, and that it's going to be elaborated on in the second edition and some of the stuff you talked about sounded really cool so thank you very much for bringing that to my attention very much appreciated and also just before i go yeah gotta say cemetery man that is a mad film i only watched it fairly recently as well and yeah like you say it's a sort of fever dream bizarre ride of a film i'm not sure if i'd entirely recommend it but I wasn't disappointed to have watched it. Anyway, keep up the good work, dude, and I'll catch you soon. Take care. Thank you, John. John Allen Large there of Red Dice Diaries. And um, yeah, I'm glad you uh, you picked up Ken and, and got something out of it there. Yeah, the, the little bit about the implied setting, I guess that's in contrast to Into the Odd. The equipment that's available to you is much more traditional fantasy oriented stuff but yeah yokai clearly wanted to elaborate on that and i found what i read in the new second edition to be extremely evocative and uh yeah some great stuff there um yet yeah, cemetery man uh, i i'm not sure i'd recommend it to anyone <laughs> to be honest but um i have to say it is a film that I did enjoy watching. It's kind of, I started watching it and I thought this is awful, but at the same time, I couldn't tear myself away from it. And as things progressed, I, th- I think there's a, there's a bit more to it than it's so bad. It's good. Uh, there is something genuinely charming about it. As wrong as many of the things that are going on in it are, it did win me over as I was watching it. And I think it, it clearly knows what kind of movie it is. No one was ever setting out to make a masterpiece. That's quite clear. And um, yeah, there's another message from John. Also, I think with the Cannes second edition leaning into that sort of mythic forest wilderness sort of vibe more and more, Maybe it'll get crowbarred into my dream setting that I hope to do one day, which at the minute is pretty much the Midlands, Dolmenwood when that comes out, and whatever other sort of fantasy forest stuff I can find mashed together. Who knows? One day I'll actually get around to putting it together. You never know. Anyway, 
keep up the good work, dude. I'll catch you soon. Thank you, John. John has followed in my footsteps and moved from the platform formerly known as Anchor over to Substack. And I'm glad to see that's working out for you, John. I felt like it was a bit of a gamble, a bit of a risk moving over there myself, but it all worked out pretty smoothly. As I said before, I can understand that it might not be for everyone as there's no kind of editing suite or anything like that. What I found interesting about the platform is that it's essentially you can put out podcast episodes and you can put out blog posts on the same platform, although it's not quite the same as a blog post. It's more of a newsletter type thing. But um, yeah, John put up a very interesting article about mashing together some of his favourite settings to to create a, a broader world. And uh, yes, yeah, something I've toyed with myself. Perhaps I'll speak about that some other time. Thanks again, John. So, here we are, the 1st of August, day one of RPG A Day Month, 2023. Question one. First RPG played this year. Now, because this is the 10th anniversary of RPG A Day, we're being asked to compare our answers with those of that first RPG A Day Month back in 2013. Now, I wasn't a part of that. In fact, I wasn't even gaming at the time. As I've said many times before, I didn't return to gaming until 2018. So what I did was I considered what game I might have been playing had I been playing back then. Now, what I'm going to do is play you the call that I sent Jason, which is my response to this question which I entered into his RPG A Day competition that he put together to promote this year's RPG A Day. One, because I'm lazy. Two, I can't remember what my answer was. So, let's go and find out, shall we? Hey Jason, Spencer here. Very much looking forward to RPG A Day month this year. Whether my involvement takes the shape of, well, the the chances of it being a daily podcast are extremely remote, but I certainly want to involve myself in one way or another. So I thought I'd keep things simple. I'd go for that first prompt for the 1st of August. What was the first RPG you played this year? Well, I... Pleased to say, it was a very enjoyable session of Barney Dicker's League of Eternal Guardians, a setting that utilises his D6 counterpoint system. I believe it was it was recorded, but I don't believe it's actually been aired anywhere yet. But I look forward to hearing it whenever it does pop up. As it's the 10th anniversary of RPG Day Month, what would I have been playing that time 10 years ago? Well, 
as you know, I wasn't involved in the hobby at that time. But taking my current tastes and projecting backwards may well have been something like Rhesus or my personal favourite, Into the Odd, which was in its infancy, but it's certainly been kicking around for a couple of years. I believe it first appeared as a playtest in 2011, it being one of the first games I discovered when I returned to the hobby in 2018. I immediately fell in love with it. So I don't doubt that had I discovered it 10 years ago from now, I'd like to think my feelings would have been much the same. So there you go, there's the entry. Hopefully, if all goes to plan, you'll be hearing from me again at the other end of this week with a roundup of the daily prompts. Well, that's quite enough from me. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate all the messages I receive. If you'd like to contact the show, you can leave me an audio message via speakpipe.com slash keepofftheborderlands, or one word. You can email me at spencer.freethrall at gmail.com. You can also find me on Discord. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at freethrall. Mastodon at 3 for all at mastodon.social and there's even the Keep Off The Borderlands Facebook group and you'll find links to all those things and more at freethrall.card that's with two r's.co you can hear me in actual plays on Grizzly Peaks Radio and you can sign up to the Stochasium my Substack newsletter And I've also started putting stuff up on YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can at co-fee.com slash freeforall. There's my itch page. Or you may even want to give the show a review. The music for Keep Off The Borderlands is provided by the multi-talented TJ Drennan. And it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ. Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.